Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Good morning, and thank you for joining us for another edition of the 5-0 Show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the host of the show, brought to you each week by the generosity of Bonneville. Whether it's 92.3 or 98.7, Bonneville is kind enough to give us this time to talk to you about things going on in the community. And we say all the time, we talk about matters of the community because community matters. We also want to give a plug, a shout-out to the Silent Witness Program. If you want to learn more about the program, please reach out at 480-WITNESS or check out silentwitness.org. We always want you to know what's going on in your community, and this is a great way to do it. You can find out if there's unsolved felony crimes or just events going on in the community that you can help with. If your information leads to the arrest of an unsolved felony crime, you're going to be eligible for cash. And those aren't tax dollars. That's money that's raised by the Silent Witness Board for this reason. So if you want to learn more about the community, more about making your community safer, or more about the Silent Witness program, please check out silentwitness.org. Today, my guest is Amanda Markham. Now, I didn't use a title because Amanda is one of our professional staff, but she's a higher level professional staff member. And when some agencies talk about, uh, we have sworn folks, we have civilian folks, but rather than say civilian, we refer to our professional staff uh, in that way because they are absolutely critical to our function. So Amanda, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. That's that's very humbling. I, I appreciate that introduction, sir. Well, well I have a uh, an affin- I have a, a special appreciation for what you do. My wife works with the department. Uh, we have family who uh, have been unbelievably supportive. And Amanda, you came from another entity prior. So what I'd like to do, if you're willing, is I want to talk about. I want to ultimately talk about what you do with the department. But I want to talk a little bit about how you got here. So are you comfortable talking about? Early on in life, did you know that you wanted to work in public service? Did you know that this was the goal? How did that career path come to fruition for you? I did. I absolutely did. And I hope I don't get emotional on you, but I've always known since I was little. So I didn't grow up very privileged. I I actually grew up in a really, really challenging environment, uh, to say the least, quite honestly. My mom obviously was a, a single mom. My father left when I was really, really young. And my brother had uh, quite a few learning disabilities that at the time we didn't know or understand what that looked like. Um, unfortunately, I saw at a very early age a lot of the, what I refer to as the, the ugliness around us. I saw a lot of crime. I saw just, just a lot of that little kids shouldn't see at that age and that they should just be kids. And that actually drew me to the law enforcement profession. I really wanted to be part of the good. Uh, There's jokes in my uh, circle that I am the white sheep of a black sheep family. And that sounds really bad. But unfortunately, it is just one of those things where I've had the opportunity to break that cycle and really, really propel myself forward to give back and be in that public service, uh, excuse me, public service light. A a lot of people who who serve have a why and it sounds like you you had a why early on when you said i was young how how early on did you think yeah i want to go out and protect people i remember being about five years old actually drawing pictures of a police officer and constantly asking if i could go and see what they do and see the work that they were doing every day as a matter of fact i was probably about 11 i think i was where i had my first opportunity to do what i i know now as shop with the cop so you know very um disadvantaged children 
children and we were selected by the school and they allowed us to go shopping with an officer that changed that changed my whole view that officer was kind he took money out of his pocket he bought me the best barbie set that i could have ever asked for i thought it was the greatest thing in the world he he was he just was truly an angel that came down and really helped propel me forward into this profession so one of the things that i really like doing and this has already turned out to be a great example is when we talk about the men and women who who do this job i always like to talk about who's behind the badge um, and when I was about the age you described, my uncle was a, was a, a, a deputy. We grew up in New York, and I remember he gave me a little plastic badge, and I was getting beat up, but I would not let them take the badge. I had it on the wall in my back pocket. Aww. But when he pulled up, I, these guys uh, picked me up, brushed me off. They apologized. They didn't apologize to me. They apologized to him. Um, so I totally get what you're saying is you want to protect those who can't protect themselves. And it seems like that has been for you kind of the underpinning of all the careers. So can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, from college, now you're picking a career. How did you take that desire to serve and protect? Now, how did you put that into action? Absolutely. So I knew that the only way that I'd be able to, to bust through and get into this career was to get to good grades, right? So I needed to get a scholarship so that I could go to school. It would have been my only means, and that's exactly what I did. So I worked my hardest so that I could get good grades. I got a four-year scholarship, and I knew immediately that I wanted my degree in criminal justice. At first, I thought I wanted to go to the feds, um, but I, I looked around and I had the opportunity to come here to Phoenix, and that's when I just I took a more of a like a, I, I just applied everywhere and whoever would take me because I really felt that starting from the front line was where I wanted to be. I wanted to understand with my boots on the field what it felt like to be an officer. And that's when I, I had the opportunity to be picked up by our sheriff's office. And I was a, a deputy sheriff and worked the field. And then I was promoted to a detective, a cyber crimes detective early on. And it just continued to grow from there. You absolutely have, I get to see you in a lot of meetings, you absolutely have a, I'll say a passion for technology, if I don't know if that's the right term. <laughs> but I will tell you that, um, and again, I, it's, this is not about my wife, but my wife was a deputy in Idaho. And much like yourself, uh, she is, is with our department now mm-hmm. in a professional staff role. I think it gives you a greater understanding. I, I, I do often feel bad because... Those who still wear a badge, their title's on it. It's easy to identify that person is of this rank. When you're a professional staff member in a police department, it's a lot harder to do that because I know you don't want to say, well, this is who I am. But otherwise, they may not know your rank in the organization. Is that a challenge for you? So I say we're just in this new cultural change we're here early right now. I think we are starting to find out that civilian and sworn complement each other. Our skill sets enhance that. So right now, I think that the sworn are recognizing the contribution as I am recognizing what they provide. And I, I, sometimes there are challenges, but for the most part, I, I, I actually feel really good. I, I, I really do. I feel that I am doing my very best with our teams to support all of those functions. And I, I really feel like we are, we're making progress in this area. I don't know if you know this story. Uh, it involves you. It's the other day, very recently, uh, somebody, you and I were talking, and somebody came up, and, and another person's name came up. And that person said, oh, do you work with this person? And you responded, yes, I do. What, what I explained to the person when you laugh was, she doesn't really work with a person that Amanda runs the bureau that that person works. And it's just, it was without that identifiable badge, 
it was hard for him to grasp it. So I think you're absolutely right. I think that, and we're seeing it a lot with PIOs and other folks. We are bringing in professionals from from the civilian population, and to use your term, they're complemented so nicely. They work so well together. Mm-hmm. We learn from each other constantly. Mm-hmm. And you have this this passion for technology, for project management. My my scatterbrain cannot even begin to understand how yours works. Have you always been wired that? project-oriented way, the way you put things together is very methodical. Is that a learned or a, an inherited skill set? I, I honestly, I, I don't know, actually, but I will tell you that I am a change agent. I'm not afraid of change, and I want to remain relevant. I love that Phoenix PD gives me the opportunity. I call it the space to innovate, right? There is the freedom. There is the direction there, the core mission of what we need to do at the end of the day. But there's also the freedom to figure out what new technology is going to provide us that support and make us much more efficient. So I'm constantly looking for what's more cutting edge right now. In this new role, I'm looking how to take the burden off our frontline officers so they can go out and do great police work without all of the administrative burden. We have technologies that can do that. It's just making and paving that way to help them get there. If you want to learn more about any opportunity within the Phoenix Police Department, call 602-262-6925 or check out phoenix.gov slash employment for both sworn and professional opportunities. Now, you kind of dodged the question. I'm going to push back now. <laughs> Go right ahead. You, a lot of folks say, this is where I want to be, but you seem to have a strength in saying, and here's the pathway, how we get there. Is that something that, you, for most people, that's not natural. We see the end, we think, okay, we'll figure out how to get there as we go. But you're incredibly... Um, strategic and how you do that is that a learned is that something that is hard for you so now you're looking at your leading teams and you're saying to them this is the path we're going to take do they look at you like yeah but that's not how we do it or how do you get people to go along with you for the ride absolutely i get constant pushback and that's okay that's natural that's human right but what i do is i do it collaboratively so i will share with them the vision i will share with them the why i will show them what is our core mission at the end of the day and how each and every one of their positions rolls right up into that major mission so without them, we can't do anything, right? We're, it, it, I know it sounds cliche, but we truly are a team. And if I provide them the opportunity to have input along the way, and that is actually one of the areas that is probably the most difficult, if I may share. So I like to ask for that feedback. I want the collaboration sessions. I want them to come to the table with different solutions. But in this culture, they're not... That's not what they've been taught, and that's not how they've learned throughout the years. So when I ask for that, it comes with hesitation. So it is breaking down those barriers and proving to them that right now we're a team. It doesn't necessarily rank focused. We're coming to make coming together to make those decisions to help make the agency better. And and you didn't say this, but I'll put words in your mouth. Maybe maybe I'm. <laughs> Right. And maybe I'm wrong. I think a lot of what you do is, look, we'll all come to the table. We'll discuss it. But don't just present to me the challenge. Tell me your proposed solutions. That is correct. Right. Because we, we're all great in any career. I'll, I'll identify the problem all day. Mm-hmm. But coming up with workable solutions that we can then create a pathway on seems to really be the lane that you operate very well in, or at least you are most rewarded in. Uh, is that a fair statement? Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And I, I think the agency is allowing me that, that freedom to... Yeah, Yes, to, to continue to push that change. So you and I are currently involved in a project, and uh, I was just talking about it today, and somebody asked me, well, do you think the project will get done? I said, it, not because I'm involved, but because she is, <laughs> right? And she's not going to let me fail. She's not going to let the project fail. And that is such a comfort because that is not my skill set. 
Uh, I, if my brain looked like spaghetti to me, yours looks like lasers. I'm a light bulb, you're a laser. But to your point earlier, I think that full complement um, really does work incredibly well. Here's an ambush question. Okay. So you've worked, as you mentioned, to the sheriff's office. You came from very humble beginnings. Now you're continuing to affect change and, and build things. When you leave this career someday and you leave this department, what do you want to be most remembered for? And that could be as a spouse, as a parent, mm-hmm. or as what you do here. What, what do you want your legacy to be? Wow. that's I've, I've not had a chance to think about that. I think I've just been in fast forward and trying to really make Phoenix PD so much more technologically advanced that I haven't actually stopped to think about what that looks like. Maybe that in itself is going to be the legacy. We're going to have that opportunity to push forward and lead by example. We are the fifth largest, right, in the nation. Why can't we be the one that sets all of the examples moving forward? You and I probably have the same malady. People probably get really frustrated with us because we love what we do so much we hope it's infectious, but I think others are like, hey, man, you need to just kind of tamp that down a little bit. <laughs> do you find that to be true? Like you're so in love with what you do and, and other people are, uh, is that hard for people to relate to? It is. I am a very high energy person and I, I I recognize that sometimes that that may not be as well received. But at the end of the day, I'm dedicated and I'm, it's true, authentic dedication to our mission. So I'm just going to keep pushing forward. You humbled me the other day because when my mind is spinning um, like yours is constantly working, I go home, I'm physically, emotionally exhausted. Uh, I started to say that the other day and you mentioned, oh, okay, well, I'm heading to the gym (laughs) to go get my workout, my five week plan. It was it was very, very humbling. Um, But Amanda, truly, thank you for what you do, the changes you're implementing, the changes for the good you're bringing along the team, you're making it. Um, you're, you're designing programs to help our officers be able to do more of what they signed up. And we couldn't thank you enough for taking that. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be part of this team. Thank you for being part of the team. Thank you to you, the listening audience. And speaking of team, thank you to Ed, our producer, who patiently deals with us every week. Thank you to Bonneville for this time. Thank you to you, the listening audience. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 5-0 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.